Southeast Radio's Business Matters with Carl Fitzpatrick. Southeast Radio. My first guest, Richard Malone, has made waves in the highly competitive global fashion industry. Richard joins me from London now to discuss his success and to provide a rare insight into the workings of the fashion industry. Richard, where did your interest in the fashion industry come from? For me, it was really about like art and sculpture and more the creative industry than it was specifically fashion in the beginning. Fashion kind of came from, I guess, advice from what I was, the kind of work I was working on. And then I applied to Central St. Martins, which, of course, was very broad in London and we got to work across all of these different pathways. So that kind of spurred me on in the way that I wanted to work and really encouraged the way that I was working. And then from there, it kind of grew quite organically. And I was working in Paris and I worked at Louis Vuitton over there and I worked for a few other brands since. So I think just um, the more I've been in the industry, the more I've responded to the pace of it and it really suits me and how I like to work. So I just kind of found myself in somewhere that I really enjoy working. Now, St. Martin's in London was where you crafted your skill. Talk to me about your experience there. Oh, well, there was really great. I mean, we don't have schools that are as kind of intense here. St. Martin's is regarded as the best fashion school in the world. So I think for me, I thought if I wanted to do it, I would have to go there because I had no experience in fashion or, you know, textiles or anything like that. So I thought I'm going to go to this because I have to go to the best one. And ex-students, people like Alexander McQueen and John Galliano. So you're being tutored by the best of the best. And I think that's really critical. Um, they push you a lot and it's a very intense environment. But I think you kind of need that because that's one of the big realities of the industry. It is very high pressure and it is crazy deadlines. So I think you have to be kind of cut out for it and you have to work really hard. And that's luckily what I was able to do. And was it true your association with St. Martin's that gave you the opportunity to go working for Louis Vuitton? Yeah, well, we did a project with Louis Vuitton in second year. So I think I was like 21 at the time. And they came and we just did a quick project, just as like a little two-week project. And then they... They asked me if I'd like to go and meet the creative director in Paris. So I did. And then after that, they just offered me a job straight away. So I moved to Paris for just over a year to work. And that was between my second and final year. And then I wanted to leave to get back and do my final year. So that's how I left there. What did you learn whilst working in a brand like Louis Vuitton? I think for me, it was like Louis Vuitton is the biggest fashion brand on the planet, but I think about four times. So the turnover is crazy and your output as a designer is crazy. But the actual design team is really small. It was only about four or five people. So I think being there at that age, I was very lucky to get exposed to how something kind of works at that level. And, you know, whether I would be comfortable working with that my own brand or whether I want to do something more sustainable. And for me, it's more about doing something more sustainable and more slower pace and making a really luxury product. But a lot of the ideas about finishing and having a kind of perfect garment, a perfect product learned from Vuitton. Now, with fashion itself being very unique in its nature, perhaps you can talk me through your own creative process. Yeah, I mean, for me, it's, it always starts very organically. A lot of it comes from me, sort of where I've grown up and where I've worked and a lot of work because they're the clothes that I was surrounded by when I was younger, so like working on building sites and being exposed to different types of uniform and then using what I've learned as a cutter and as a designer to apply to those initial fabrics and always develop something that's new and has to be kind of new to excite me and get me to work on it and I work quite sculpturally. I think my creative background really has become a really big part of the brand and it's always been the more extreme pieces that have been more popular with customers at a higher level and you know from that we've also gone on to show in places like the Museum of Modern Art in New York and the Design Museum over here so it's yeah it's been like a good response and I think it's the lesson I've learned to just do what you feel comfortable doing and do what you're good at and what excites you the most and people will respond to that because they can see from the product. 
And what probably makes you unique in one respect is that you're coming very much from that sculptural background. You then merged into the fashion industry, which is probably an unusual pathway for a fashion designer, is it? I think so, yeah, it's less straightforward. But for me, I knew that it would would always be less straightforward because we don't have that kind of education where you learn fashion or textiles or anything about it when you're in secondary school. So I had to kind of find my own way in with very little experience. And, you know, that's what my background is and that's what my experience is. So I just needed to play on that and work with that to get to where I need to go. And looking at your own fashion range, did you have a particular consumer in mind from the outset? Not necessarily. I mean, with my graduate collection, I just wanted to make something that I could be really proud of in that sort of intense environment and come out with something that I really wanted to be happy with. Um, And from their store, Brown Thomas in Dublin actually approached me and they got the whole collection. So from there, I was introduced to private clients and I started working with women on a one-to-one basis. And then that happened furthermore in London, where I was contacted by a lot of women to buy pieces privately. And from there, it's just kind of grown a bit, like a bit astronomically now because we're kind of all over the world now and just under two years, between 18 months, you know, we've gone into lots of different stores and different markets from, you know, Korea as wholesaling to Shanghai and different places in China, Hong Kong, New York, Chicago, you know, Canada, it's kind of everywhere suddenly. So, um, yeah, it's been a bit of a whirlwind. But I think that the, the relationship that I have with those women who buy privately and those private clients is always something that's really important because you get to learn from them directly and that's critical if you're designing women's clothes. And what's absolutely amazing about your particular story is that you have absolutely no dependency at all on social media where lots of other fashion designers out there they spend so much time and effort and energy and money on developing their profile yeah. through all of the social media channels. You've stayed away from all that, haven't you? Yeah, I'm not, I don't think that it, it's, I mean, it sells images, you know, and I think that's what social media is about, about giving ideas of things, not necessarily real things, whereas when you work on fabric, a lot of my fabrics are like extremely bright or they've got certain dice to them or they're kind of create optical illusions and you can't register those in photos, you also can't register the silhouette, so I just don't see the point. Um, I think I've only posted a, like a few times on social media, I only really have an Instagram, but I don't necessarily use it directly and certainly not on my personal phone so yeah I guess for me I just have never seen I mean there's a way to work around it like if I, I don't think that you need to sell to women in that way I think social media really works on the premise of making people feel envious or jealous or you know bad about themselves in order to sell them something that they need whereas I'd rather someone go into a store or come to me directly and we can work on something that's going to make them you know, feel good about themselves and buy a product that they really love and that's completely unique rather than something that's generic and reproduced hundreds and hundreds of times on social media. Now you've picked up an awful lot of PR along the way you've featured in everything from Vogue to the New York Times. How did those opportunities present themselves? Well I think coming from St Martin's uh, you know I had a good graduate collection where I opened the show and there was a lot of attention around that but then just keeping in contact with people who supported me and then you know I guess it's first fashion and the art world, it's kind of their job to look for someone who's doing something different and to have a different perspective. So with me, I think they've kind of found that. So they've always supported it. They've supported it in kind of most of the international vogues and a lot of major publications kind of around the world now. So I think that it's just, you know, doing something honest and they really respond to it. They respond to something that they can see. There's a sort of an identity in that no one else has. How important is it for you to have a base there in London to be able to service the global market? Well, for me, it's because the, in Ireland there isn't like an Irish fashion council. There isn't 
an Irish Fashion Week, there isn't a support network. The buyers don't have a uh, reason to go to you know Dublin or wherever to do their buys. Whereas in London, we have some of the best designers in the world, and it's regarded as one of the best fashion weeks in the world. So the British Fashion Council here support young designers with bursaries, with you know sponsorships, with all kinds of things like showing on the official schedule. Having you know hair and makeup sponsors, everything is all comes down to the British Fashion Council, and then from that, they often bring you to Paris to do your international sales, which is the only place that stores really buy from internationally. They'll come to Paris, and that's where they all do their store buys because it's the last fashion week of the season. So it's really important to actually put yourself into that market alongside the best designers in the world, so that they can make their pick, you know, logically, and also like just give you the exposure that you need to meet those stores and meet the press and meet everyone that wants to, you know, know more about your collection. Now, the fashion industry has been widely viewed as fiercely competitive. From the inside, is this the case and does it put pressure on you to try and stay ahead of the competition? I think, yeah, it is fiercely competitive, 110%. It's like no other industry, I think, in that it's based on people always looking for something new, but I think with social media, it's kind of reached a bit of a tipping point and I think we're kind of getting over that slowly and um, you can choose to be a part of that or you can definitely survive without being a part of that so I choose to just not be a part of it I don't think it's relevant really um, to me and I don't think it would be I don't think it would serve like a, any kind of positive change to me if I got caught up in all of those competitions and that kind of extremely bitchy reputation which is entirely true But um, and it's also full of nepotism you know, a lot of people get to where they go because of family and that's something that I definitely have experienced in London where a lot of people are really connected, so coming in as a, a complete outsider sometimes has been difficult, but you have to just let your work speak for itself, and if, if you're someone whose work doesn't speak for itself, then I think you might as well not be in it. Now, Richard, there's no doubt in your creative abilities, but what has been the biggest challenge for you in turning your designs into a successful business? I think it's keeping up with the growth, actually, because I didn't expect, you know, with most businesses it takes a, a long time to take off in fashion, you know, We've always been told that it will take, you know, five seasons until stores really start picking you up or you know, people want to see a really strong brand identity and all of those things, whereas we've been selling since the very beginning and now it's, you know, gone global very quickly and we're looking after international property rights and IPs all over the world. So it's kind of something that you have to really keep on top of. And then it's almost time. You can never have enough time for me because, you know, we're flying all over the place and just for the last two months I've had to be in, you know, New York and India and Paris and back here and in Wexford and it's kind of it's just always like that I think you just kind of get settled with the pace of it and learn to take breaks when you can or if you can What's the overall goal for Richard Malone? I think it's just keep keep growing at a pace that's sustainable I mean I've been quite um, selective of where I've sold clothes to and how I've positioned the brand I think also in terms of what kind of publications I want to be and I've always been really selective and fussy with that and quite anal about everything so um, I think just keep going with that and you know I think the important thing no is really important not getting caught up and putting your name to everything and putting your doing all of these collaborations that you get offered because they kind of can cheapen brand essentially so I think it's just about keeping true to what it is that I do and growing it from there and I think that that's the same thing can be applied to all businesses you know just stick to what you're good at and don't try and mould yourself into something else to fit any kind of stereotype that's very true. Now, finally, I know you're a very proud Wexford man. So what advice do you have for any budding fashion designers that may be listening to this morning's programme? I think get a good education. And I don't mean necessarily go to St. Martin's, but make sure that you're in the right. You know, one of the best things I did was go to 
CTI in Waterford and I did a short course just to figure out whether I wanted to do sculpture or fashion. So just, you know, doing that and giving yourself the opportunity because you have to kind of help yourself along the way. I also think it's just don't try and change yourself too much. A lot of my inspiration comes from Exeter and comes from the people that surround me. It always has done because that's what I've always been surrounded by. You know, I never had access to amazing museums or galleries, so I don't let those influence the way I design. It's just always stay true to what you believe in. I mean, a lot of people, it would probably suit them better to work inside a company, and that's fine too. It just depends on where you want to go. Southeast Radio's Business Matters with Carl Fitzpatrick.